the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to a special NFL Championship Weekend Series edition of the Spot Track Podcast. Going to keep this brief, short, and sweet. Just wanted to get some numbers out there, have a little fun with this as I sit here and geekify myself into some of these parlays and props and all these fun things. And, and of course, the DFS discussion as well for the final four in this season's NFL season. Can't believe we're here, by the way. My goodness. Cousin Dan's about to join. We're just going to bounce each other off some ideas in terms of prop bets, parlays, things like that. The over, the over-unders, the money lines, all that fun stuff. And of course, some of these hot players do pick off in DFS lineups if you're still doing that. I'm sure many of you have postseason long fantasy rosters out there that are hanging on by by a thread. But uh, look, there's a lot of ways to kind of enjoy yourself financially speaking with this. And I think it's been good. Uh, you know, the, the last minute COVID stuff hasn't really hit the NFL like the NBA is getting destroyed right now. You know, to some degree, the NHL is starting to see that. I anticipate baseball will, will have you know, versions of that as well as teams and rosters find their way through it again. But the NFL, by and large, you know, outside of a couple of Pittsburgh situations and, you know, Baltimore, of course, the Raiders, of course. But when it's got down to it, organizations have buckled down and, you know, we're talking about actual injuries, not just COVID stuff. So, and uh, of course, the Mahomes situation is how we're going to discuss really off the top here because it, it it drives a lot of the decision-making with these bets, with the mindset, with the DFS play. And it's a little bit unquestionable. And I think that's exactly how Kansas City wants it, but it makes our life a lot harder. So let's bring in Cousin Dan, have some fun with this little roundtable discussion on how you should spend your money, not mine. Cousin Dan, welcome back to the show. It's a good time to be a better, I think. I want to start with you there. You know, we're looking at some of these numbers, looking at the games, and the glaring omission right now, of course, is any kind of statistical production from the Chiefs quarterback because we don't know who that is. Um, how hard does that make things right now? Or does it actually slant easier because of the unknown? I'd say somewhere in the middle, there's obviously some uncertainty, but I think everything is leaning. I mean, all indications are he's going to play, and I don't really think there's anyone who thinks Mahomes isn't going to play. And I, I don't think the numbers have really assumed that he won't play. So I don't think there's like a lot of um, a lot of value in a lot of that's you know in, in a lot of the non-Mahomes involved lines. I, I, you know, not a lot posted for him, obviously. But um, what? So the Bills, ter- Bills Chiefs are the Bills are plus three in Kansas City right now. If Mahomes was absolutely 100% playing, there was no question from an injury standpoint. Is it still three? I mean, it, it's maybe two, two and a half, but I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe it's three and a, three half, and a half. Sorry. Yeah, that's probably but, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would still say it's probably right at three, though. That's what I mean. I, I don't think anyone is assuming that Henny's going to be the quarterback and, and he's not going to play. It's not like, um, you know, in early week concussion where somebody right excuse me looks negative all week and like it's going to be more than one week um yeah they, they got him so. on the field wednesday purposefully <laughs> you know what i mean like i mean e- even sunday night the the reports were you know he was headed in the right direction i mean if, whether that's 
yeah. you know, whether that's just like P- a PR move or not. But um, no, no. I mean, he's I mean, he was on Twitter 20 minutes, 20 minutes after the hit. So I think, you know, it, it, it was just one of those fluky things, more nerve than head, which is I, I get it now in, hi- in hindsight, I get it. But all right, let's get into these numbers. So you're comfortable with the plus three minus three in terms of Chiefs bills. Let's just get the other one out of the way here too. Same line, uh, you know, a little bit more in Tampa Bay's favor here, though. It seems as though Tampa Bay's been bet more here, uh, even though the Bills are a minus on a plus three. The Bills are minus one hundred four at plus three, which I guess means there's been some money there as well, probably because of this quarterback situation more than anything. I, I, I guess of the underdogs, Bills, Bucks. Where are you right now? <clears throat> I, I mean, I think both games will stay relatively close. Okay. Um, Bill, Bills Chiefs, I think, will be pretty high scoring. Um, I, I, actually, the the two over unders that they're so close kind of are shocking to me because, um, I mean, Bills Chiefs, I really don't see a way that it's not high scoring. Now, am I saying it's going to, you know, easily clear fifty three and a half? No, but. At, there's really very few scenarios where it's where it's low scoring. I mean, the Bills have basically no running game. They're going to be passing. <laughs> if they get behind it all, they're you know they're going to be forced to pass more. So, um, so that that game I, I think is going to be the higher score scoring of the two. Pretty obviously, I mean the the line reflects that as well. So, um, I think it'll be close though. I I I, I think the Chiefs win, but I think. I would take the bills with the points. Okay. Um, you mentioned the over-unders. I, I was also shocked that they were so close. I think these are two very different games because of the totality that the Chiefs can offer if Mahomes is out there and healthy. And, and to some degree, similar with Buffalo. I mean, you, you know, I understand that these teams played before this year and it was bad. It was one-sided in terms of Kansas City, but this is, a, this is just a different Bills team. And momentum matters this time of year. They're built similarly. I mean, I started to go through these player props and Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill versus Stefan Diggs is kind of the same thing right now. <laughs> you know, Vegas wants you to think they're all going to catch 10 balls. Vegas wants you to think they're going to score two touchdowns. Uh, you know, Josh Allen is the highest propped passing yard quarterback right now, you know, because Mahomes is off the board right now. But everything you just said ref- is reflected by these prop numbers. And I think that's right. I think the Bills and Chiefs are so similar and so slightly above average defensively. They're not elite defensively, even though the Bills at one point were. You know, both have taken steps forward defensively, but I don't think they're I think these two are gonna be knocking each other out <laughs> offensively, not not slowing each other down defensively. And I do see that in the Tampa Bay game. I do see a defensive pullback. A, because of the weather, A, because of that field, and B, because I, I just don't think it's going to be a big passing game. Do you? I, I think it's no, going to look exactly like last week where Devonta Adams is going to be targeted, but he's going to be covered, and they're going to have to find creative ways to get him his, his balls. He's going to catch four to five balls, but they're going to be impactful catches. He might score. He might score two, but he, he's not going 150 in this game. Is that incorrect in me, in me thinking? No, I I mostly agree with that. Um, the the let's start with the the Bills Chiefs game. That actually both both of these games are you know rematches from previous 
I like that um, too. Ma- matchups in the season. And quite honestly, I, I think both will see both kind of mirror what happened earlier in the year. So the, you do. The, so the Bills Chiefs game was uh, largely the Bills just let the Chiefs. If you recall that game, the Bills just let the Chiefs run all over them. Mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a bunch of yards through the air, you know, in addition to on the ground. Um, that was kind of the game plan, I think. The, bill, the Bills wanted them to run and not get into a, a um, into a super high-scoring affair. Now, that was also the first week the Bills really started with these four and five wide sets mm-hmm. almost exclusively. So that that's where this like 100% passing offense started back then. It's so, almost as though Dable learned from that game and never looked back. Exactly. So I, I think the Bills could do... I mean, that was a very close game to the end. I mean, these are two coaches who know each other very well. I, I think that we're going to see it play out very similar to how it did. So hmm. um, that the Bills, again, have no running backs. They're going to be throwing a bunch. And um, So, Dan, do you yeah, think the Chiefs will, will adopt that strategy then? Be- because they, A, need to protect Mahomes a little bit, and B, they haven't really had, had Edwards Hilaire via injuries, via somewhat of a benching. I mean, they just kind of stopped using him because production dipped so much. But you're right. He did run over. He, he was the weapon against the Bills that week. Why can't he be this week? Is it just because he's not healthy enough? Well, I mean, I think he's going to I think he's going to play and get snaps. But quite honestly, I don't think they that offense has never really operated with a bell. They've never really needed a bell cow back type of player, right? Yeah. They, I mean, if they want to mix and match Bell, Daryl Williams in CEH, then there's really no reason. You know what I mean? I think everyone wants to like push a narrative where like one of those guys has to start and be the guy in a game. And really, they've never really. It's a really fair like point. That, so. Yeah, they're going to so committee I, it. But, but I guess from a, from a scheme standpoint, do you expect it to be heavy running for, for Kansas City, which would go against their kind of DNA, right? Well, I think the thing about Kansas City, like we saw it in the Bills game, they ran it down the Bills' throats, yeah. but they they have a ton of offensive potential and live on big plays, right? So they're they're not they don't need to run fifteen play drive to you know scoring drives and stuff like that. They they can run it a bunch and then hit Travis Kelsey, hit Tyreek Hill, hit any of those guys for one big play. And so so that's I. I I could see it playing out very similar to where the Bills are throwing a lot. The, the Bills are trying to let the Chiefs run on them, and the Chiefs can have success running on them, but then get the big play when they need the big play. I mean, these uh, these defenses are both good, but they, they allow the big play. So I think that's that's inevitable here. I know, and, and it's a great point, but I wonder if the scheme will be to, to be the exact opposite of that, Dan. I wonder if we're going to see two defenses basically take away the big play, similar to what happened with Baltimore. That's how, that's how Buffalo stopped Baltimore. Um, it was about taking away the, either the one deep shot or, or Lamar going off, you know, for 45 yard rush. Uh, if that's what they look to take away, Tyreek Hill, you know, deep, McCole Hardman, deep. You're going to see a lot of yardage, yardage underneath, a lot of it, and I could see Kelsey going big. I could see, I guess, Hardman going big, and these running backs going big underneath on seven, eight yard routes. So again, I'd pick the over there because of that. I think there's going to be a lot of yardage and a lot of scoring, whether that means getting to the end zone or not. But I do think it's a high scoring game. I think you're dead on there. 
Um, the other game, do you agree that it's it's a bit of a drawback? It's an over under 52. That seems high to me. I don't know why these are big offenses when they want to be. I just don't think they can be this weekend. Right. Yeah. The, the 52 and a half gave me pause too. I, I thought that was that was high and kind of makes me question my, my thoughts of the game. But I mean, their rematch or their um, matchup earlier in the year was, I mean, Tampa kind of dominated them, but it was not pretty. It no. was, I mean, the, Brady didn't have a ton of, like Brady didn't have an incredible game. Rogers had probably his worst game of the year. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I could see that, you know, typical Lambo in, in January narrative kind of thing. But I, I mean, I could see the Packers running a more balanced offense. The Bucks have a bunch of injuries. And at some, I mean, they have a really talented roster, but I mean, is Antonio Brown going to be fully healthy? I mean, mm-hmm. I, he, he likely plays Mike Evans looks fine, but Ronald Jones didn't look right on that long run last week. So I, I mean, I think there's some questions on that offense and, yeah, it's not smart to doubt Tom Brady in this in this type of scenario. But I, I don't know. I, I just feel like if it's a low, if it's like a low scoring, grinded out game, I think the Packers the Packers are able to win in that in that type of situation. Okay, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna start with the player props, and I'm gonna throw you a complete curveball because I I'm staring at this, thinking how can this not happen? So in that first matchup, all I've heard all week is. Tampa Tampa loves to blitz Rodgers and they love to blitz Rodgers wherever the running back is blocking because they the Tampa linebackers slash safeties just dominated in that in that matchup the blocking running back and got to Rodgers and pressured him hard. If we know that's the game plan, how in the world is Aaron Rodgers not going to get more than nine and a half rushing yards, Dan? I understand that he has been basically immobile all year, probably on purpose. You know, he's been, he's had so many year fluky injuries over the years, generally in the run game. You know, he just wanted to stay afloat, but now we're here. I mean, now it's NFC championship. We're here. That number seems so drastically low to me. That's one scramble is all that is. For sure. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I would, be fine betting on the fact that he breaks one for <clears throat> yeah just for over that yeah. just blitz him twice he gets four and a half yards five yards and that's it I mean that's that, that that prop should be hit by halftime in my opinion so that one stood out immediately to me uh, I mentioned the passing yards let's just get your thoughts there quickly here's how it goes right now Rogers basically has to get 284 Brady's got to get 286 Josh Allen has to get 303 your thoughts there and I guess aligning with my thoughts on both games, I'd say the unders on both <clears throat> Brady's Brady and Rogers. And I, I would think it, I, I just think the bills game has to get there, but so I'd take over on Allen too. The bills have to go 300 plus yards passing to beat the chiefs in your, in your opinion. Yeah, I, I do yeah, too. I yeah. think he's got to have an all world game. I think he's, I mean, gotta I saw, be, I think I he's saw, probably got to be 350 in the air and over 50 in the rush, which leads me to my next one, 32 and a half Josh Allen rushing yards. If they're going to win, if you're betting the Bills to win in any capacity, these are props you should take, correct? Over over of these numbers. Exactly. Yeah. No one else. Is, I mean, Devin Singletary ain't winning this game for Buffalo. <laughs> you know, uh, it's going to be through Josh Allen alone. And I don't think those numbers are high enough not to bet. I think you agree with that, right? 
for sure. Yeah. Especially in, um, a game, even if you just look at the Vegas line plus three for the chiefs, assuming they're in the lead, the bills are going to have to play from behind. Um, and oh, by the way, you know, being behind doesn't mean Josh Allen isn't running. No, for sure. I was in, just in fact, the exact opposite, point. right? I mean, that's he he might take those draws. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, rushing yards as 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 a, as a whole, maybe a a little bit against the conversation we're having here, right? If we if we're saying the passing game in the NFC game is going to be drawn back a bit, which I think is right, I think that's safe to say, especially with no Antonio Brown, who's been a bit of a crutch for for Brady. You can tell. Can Aaron Jones go off? On that Tampa linebacking core, which has been outstanding the past month, 61 and a half is the number. And his long rush number is 13.5, which is somewhat counterintuitive in my opinion, because he's a, he's a breakaway guy. He generally gets one of those 40-yard runs. That, that's kind of how he operates. So where's Aaron Jones for you? Yeah, I... I am less concerned about the matchup and would be more concerned about the other players in the backfield in that, on that prop bet. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I, I think the Jonathan Williams and AJ Dillon type stuff does complicate that a lot. Do you, I mean, do you agree? He other, otherwise in a good game script, you know, just like I said, in the other game, good game script, if they're playing from ahead, Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones, I mean, 61 and a half seems pretty easy to clear in that situation it, where, but I, I know that the vaunted Tampa run defense, no one can run on them. That That's what we always hear. And then, you know, I, so I, I think talent wise game script wise, situation wise, I think he could easily clear that number. The part that gives me pause is the Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon's even with their injuries. I mean, they're going to go. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not right. going to go, but I, I just, uh, again, I, I mean, let me let me take the the spot track angle to this, Dan. Aaron Jones is expiring here, contract wise. Get everything you got. <laughs> you know, if your plan is to franchise tag him, fine, so be it. Whatever is going to be, just run him into the ground. I mean, he is. If Devonta Adams is going to get taken away again, and I'm not sure that's possible with Tampa Bay secondary like it was with uh, the Rams, but if he's going to get taken out of the picture again. Wouldn't you choose Aaron Jones over Alan Lazard as your next weapon? <laughs> um, I'd probably lean Alan Lazard in that situation. Um, sort of piggybacking on, I, I don't think Ronald Jones is healthy. I mean, is he going to play? Is he going to get touches? Yes, but is he going to be, um, you know, reliable? on as much as Alan Lazard, you know, like if Tam- if Tampa wants to shift coverage towards Devonte Adams, that's fine. They'll take it. He'll still get his plays. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers has no no problem going elsewhere, and and he's got plenty of secondary weapons. That's a great um, point. So you're right. It's third and fourth receiver time for him. You're absolutely right in that regard. Um, so are you staying away from running backs as a whole here this weekend? Because Fournette and Ronald Jones, I, that's a bit of a mess too. I mean, that's going to be a total committee. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, who who do you like there? I mean, I, Aaron, obviously Aaron Jones is, you know, the best of the bunch. And, and Fournette coming in second, he's we've seen he has a role in you know on the ground and in the pass game, kind of in any game script too. So yeah, yeah. Um, especially with Ronald Jones banged up, but um, yeah, I mean, if if anyone's playing like DFS or any kind of fantasy playoff 
challenges. Um, Go ahead. Week, it's, Go it's ahead. Have that, have that discussion. I mean, who's going to no, be? No, that? I mean, I, I, I don't even think it's worth getting into it with no. running backs. I'm just saying, I, I don't even know who you're. I mean, you're just flipping coins. You know, <laughs> it's like, does Aaron Jones get the touches, or does Jamal Williams snake a touchdown from him? You know, that that it's it's not pretty. You know, like in in, in past some weeks, crazy been, way, isn't Devin Singletary maybe the safest DFS running back this week? But I mean, yes, but there's Jamal Williams backing up Aaron Jones could easily, easily get more touches than him. I mean, what did what what did Singletary have? Like six rushes last week, seven ah, rushes. It's not good. Yeah, and I so, don't know why they go to him any more than that. No, so in, unless the Chiefs say we're gonna make we're gonna make you run the ball, then it's a totally different game than we just talked about and yeah. You can throw all that info out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to lose a lot of money. Um, receiving wise, I, it's just hard to quit the the chalk here. But you got to bet Kelsey. You got to bet Hill. You got to bet Diggs. How can you not at this point? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Right. I mean, the, the offense is both offenses are not condensed at all, but there are specific focal points and. I mean, those are them. If, if Josh Allen is having any success, it's going through Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. in some in some manner. And Mahomes may maybe not so much, but the lack of like a running game to point to, I think, helps there. And and either Kelsey or uh, Tyreek Hill are are majorly involved. Fourth and one, success. Chad Henney's the quarterback. Where did they go? Tyreek Hill. <laughs> exactly. Nobody. He's unguardable. He's absolutely right. unguardable in any in any instance, whether it's forty yards down the field or a one yard out. It's just, and I feel the same way about Travis Kelsey. Although you know the matchup with Milano is going to be good. That that's a good matchup that they didn't have, by the way, in the first meeting. So maybe a a, a tick down there, but there, there's just not no stopping Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. Okay, parlays here. I, th- these are fascinating as hell to me, Dan. Kelsey's 10 catches and the Chiefs win is plus 420. Is that too many receptions for him because of what we're talking about? Because they're going to share the wealth a little bit with Hill? Um, I mean, I, I do like that bet because it's giving you good odds. Yeah. You know, when it's coupled with a Chiefs win and... and could that easily be Tyreek Tyreek Hill's ten catches in the Chiefs win for sure? Same but, odds. Um, Same odds. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I guess bet both of them if you um, think the Chiefs are going to win, and that that's a pretty good. There you go. It's a pretty good hedge bet. But and then conversely, and I don't know how you don't love this one. Stefan Diggs, ten catches and a Bills win is plus five sixty. How is that yeah. not possible? I, that that's exactly how the Bills win. <laughs> is am For I incorrect? Sure. No, I mean, I, I mean that's I, that's yeah. like taking money. If if the Bills win, it's because Stefan Diggs is going to have ten for one hundred and forty. There's just no way right. around that. I mean, he's 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 had at least ten catches in five games. So, oh my gosh, I, I get it. I mean, Tyron Matthews is going to be a problem especially if they try to go over the middle on him, but he's going to get again, is similar to Tyreek Hill. When Stefan Diggs has been asked to get open, Stefan Diggs has gotten open this year in any capacity across the middle, down the field, on and out on a post, whatever he needs to do. So uh, I'd have a lot of faith in that parlay, a lot of faith. 
And then subsequently, and we've already talked about it, I kind of teased this one, buried the lead. Josh Allen, 50 rush yards plus the Bills win is plus 700. How is there not a world where Josh Allen has 50 yards and Stefan Diggs has 10 catches and the Bills win? <laughs> That's plus 1260 together. Yeah, that's that is a little pipe dreamish for me personally. I'm but, getting too um, cute. Well, I don't know. 50, 50 yards. I think we start to get to a point where that is a lot of rush yards for yeah. a quarterback. No, no matter who you are, it's eighteen besides, more than his over under. Let's put it that way. I mean, his over under right. is thirty two and a half. So you're right. It's a high number. I, right. I just don't. So. Again, I, I kind of look at this as it, this isn't week seven. This is the AFC Championship game. And, you know, I just think whatever, whatever strings were, were being held back, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever constraints there were on the offensive scheming, that's gone. I mean, we're in Philly special time here now, right? Whatever's in the playbook is getting used in the playbook. And if that means Josh Allen has to break down plays and scramble more than he was maybe asked to do so, I'm going to guarantee you, he was specifically asked not to do that in the regular season. You know what I mean? Throw it away. Don't just scramble. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think he's going to be asked to go and get those seven yards when they're, when they're there for him now. And, and the injury risk is just going to have to be what it is. So 50 is certainly conceivable, but 50 and a Bills win plus 700. That's a, that, that's tough to say no to. I can't quit that number. I can't. That's uh that's great. You mentioned, uh, you know, some repetitive statistics there with Mahomes or excuse me, with Tyreek Hill. Uh, how about Mike Evans? We haven't really talked Packers defense too much here. There was a there was a good portion of this season where that Packers defense, especially from a run perspective, was atrocious. They see, they certainly have figured something out, but Mike Evans getting 100 yards has been kind of just a thing, right? It's just kind of what happens right now. Tom Brady throws for 300. Mike Kev- Mike Evans catches 100 of those plus 500. That seems pretty standard, no? I Although you don't I, like Brady throwing for 300, do you? Yeah, so I I don't like that part of it, but I do I mean with any of these parlays, I think it's just I generally think it's smart to pick a theme of the game that you think and go with it, right? Like yeah. if you if, if you if you think the Bucks are going to win, it's probably because they're able to score on the Packers, right? I, I mean, well, that, that's a stupid comment. I, obviously, that that's going to happen. But I, I guess I'm just saying if it's a low-scoring game, it's more likely, you know, if it's 24-17, it's more likely that the Packers just just outmaneuvered them, in my opinion. But if it, if it gets into, you know, 35-30 territory or something yeah. like that, it's probably because the Bucks, are, Tom Brady, is they've figured out that Green Bay defense and they're able to do what they want. And with that, that comes likely success from Mike Evans. So that's why just when you're, when anyone out there is thinking of this stuff, just pick a theme of how you think it's going to go and, and, you know, play out mentally scenarios that, uh, you know, could work with that. It's fair. It's fair. All right. Super Bowl matchups and we'll get you out of here. Um, here's the, here is in the order of how the odds lay out. So it's Casey Green Bay is your favorite. Buffalo Green Bay is your number two. So they're giving Tampa Bay absolutely no love here. KC Tampa Bay was third. Buffalo Tampa Bay at plus 470 is your 
dog. Where are you living there? Is Casey Green Bay at plus 150 good enough to bet? I mean, it seems good enough to bet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that pr- probabilistically, that is probably the more likely scenario of all, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I don't really know if there's enough, um, I'm getting enough odds for, or for that. So if you're talking straight up NFL picks, yes, that is a great, I, I you know, all by all Bills biases aside, I you know I I think the Chiefs win that game, right? Chiefs Packers is the likely scenario. I want a little bit more. Yeah, meat on the bones, right? Yeah, if I if I'm betting that, so if I'm betting these games, I would I would look elsewhere. Can I give you another scenario that has absolutely no weight in terms of betting or actual reality or real life? <laughs> the, you know, we follow all the sports here. I know you're a junkie like I am. If we just kind of look at how the championships have gone in the other leagues this past year, which has been not a normal year by any measure, the chalk, the number one overall seed has gotten to the finish line. And oh, by the way, they've won, right? Lakers, Dodgers, Lightning, got there, won. Who is the number one overall seed here? Is it Green Bay or is it Kansas City? I'd say Kansas City without a doubt. Then, but then let's put them in the first bet. <laughs> but the other team to get to the, the championship game has not been that conference's number one seed. It's been a little bit of an anomaly. In baseball, it was a huge anomaly in Tampa Bay, right? And then the Miami Heat kind of came out of nowhere, had momentum to get there. I, I think Kansas City, Tampa Bay is the right bet here. If we're, if we're taking that philosophy, right? Let's take the number one overall seed in the entire league. And I realize that that's a little bit tempered right now because of the Mahomes situation. But I think you and I both agree uh, 80% of Mahomes is good enough, I think, to beat Buffalo on, on the right day, which that could be. So Casey Tampa Bay plus 300 to me is the bet. Following that line of thinking, is that just ridiculous? No, from, I mean, from, but simply from a game theory perspective, probably the best bet there is pairing one of the favorites with one of the underdogs, yeah. right? I mean, you're going to get decent odds. It's more like, so that with DFS betting, all, all of that stuff, it, the mindset is constantly what, what is public opinion mm-hmm. and why is that wrong or could be wrong? Right. So exactly. It seems like nobody is picking the box here. Right. Dan, I mean, I, but I've, and been, granted, I've been very transparent in terms of DFS. And I think it translates. I have been stacking Tampa Bay for the last six weeks and winning, by the way, <laughs> winning. I, I have been taking Brady and his nice price and just giving him all these weapons because he does. He does spread it around. He hasn't even started to use Rob Gronkowski yet. Gr- Gronk has had a, a month and a half off, quite frankly. Hey, he's it, been a blocker, yeah. And and, and that's just not going to be the case this time of year. I mean, we didn't even mention his name once until just there. He, he's going to show up. There's not a linebacker in Green Bay that's going to be scared of, you know, be able to slow down Rob Gronkowski when he's ready to go. And I think he's ready to go. Everything about Tampa Bay is undervalued, including the running game, which we're kind of poo-pooing. Fournette is a monster. If Fournette wants to have a day, he's going to have a day. He's sort of a a second fiddle on this roster because of how deep it is. I'd say the same thing about Chris Godwin, (laughs) which we didn't even mention. We mentioned Evans slightly. There are just so many availabilities to Tom Brady and Tom Brady has been undervalued in DFS and he's certainly undervalued here in the overall odds. So they may not win. You know, the odds are against them. The weather's against them. The location's against them. But 
I think my money goes right to there. I think my money goes by Holmes Brady. Yeah, I, I'm not going to poke holes through that because I mean, the, and we're not even talking about them because we're homers, but the, the bills could be the easily could easily be the best team still in this. Yes. I mean, the chiefs are the chiefs reigning champions. They have, they have, they've proven everything. Everyone has wanted them to prove this year besides blowing teams out by, you know, 20 plus or, or, you know, the, the close wins factor. But what don't um, the bills have though, Dan, that all three other teams have. Is this a trick question or you're, the bills don't have the bills don't have a quarterback who has been in this exact spot. They're the only team that that's fair. And, And I think that's a lot of the lingering, um, pessimism surrounding Josh Allen out there still, at least like if yep. there's any pessimism within me, myself, um, who has been a little bit of a doubter of Josh Allen to start his career up until this year. Um, I, I think it's the, will he live up to it in the big moment yep. in, you know, when the pressure is on, whether that's, is he going to make the big turnover or is he going to be able to, you know, lead a, a two minute drive to win the game? I think that's the hesitation, but with, you know, he, he's totally proven us wrong on that all year up to this point. Well, but, well let's yeah. be fair. Let's be fair. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. He, he's done oh. more. He's done more than we've asked him to do. Let's put it that way. Um, I, I, and that's on, I think that's underselling it. I think he has blown away by all accounts expectations for this year to the point where the haters even have to like give him credit, even if they don't believe it's a long-term career change. Right. But I mean, he, he, at any point in any game, really, have, have you felt like they, they can't come back and win a game? No. I mean, the Colts game, even, Correct. you know, the, the first playoff game, it's, it's a different mentality than it was last year where it's like ball, ball in his hands with the game on the line, you know, buckle up, but it's, 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 a, it's different this year. So whether that lasts or not, but so that's what I mean. I, I keep saying, I think the chiefs are going to win. I think the chiefs are going to win. I, I, the, the bills could, hundred percent win this game. I, I just, I, I'm going to go with pedigree. I mean, mm-hmm. Andy Reid, phenomenal coach. That roster is so deep. Um, their defense is better than people think, especially when they have the lead and they can kind of rush the pass or tee off on the quarterback sort of thing. So I, yeah, that I think these are a very, very evenly matched final four here. Um, where the Bucks are really the only team who seem to not be getting any love at all. So that that's why I like you going against the grain there and saying, I, you know, I've kind of rode them. You know, and it's Tom Brady. It's not, you know, this isn't Jameis Winston on a Cinderella run last year, right? I mean, this is a legit good team with weapon. All of these teams have pretty deep rosters, a lot of offensive, you know, gun firepower. So, um, yeah. yeah, all of this is a, is a toss-up, so. All right. Good stuff. I'm going to get you out of here on this. I lied. I have one more for you. The George Springer signing has vaulted Toronto into top 10 World Series contenders. They're ninth right now, according to FanDuel. They are fourth in terms of winning the American League. But I'm going to throw it back this way to you. Explain to me why the Yankees are more than two to one better odds than any other AL team right now. You and I look at these rosters as much as anybody does, Dan. Uh, do they know something we don't know? Yeah, that's... <laughs> is there, um, is there, are there two pitchers coming to New York that we aren't aware of right now? Because I'm not even seeing Bauer in the conversation with the Yankees at all. Right, which makes you think... It's going to happen. That, 
I mean, not that it's going to happen, but I mean, they have, they've pulled sneaky moves like that in the past. So I, um, to answer your question straight up, I have no idea. We talked about this sort of yeah. a couple weeks ago before any of these moves actually went down. And we were like, why are the Yankees world series odds so high? Like, I mean, yes, still one of the best offenses in all of baseball, but yeah. I would probably take half the league's pitching situations right now over there. So I don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, I understand that there's not many complete teams in the American league. Um, and, and the Padres being third in this conversation right now is ridiculous, by the way. It just doesn't happen. Teams just, teams just don't change everything about themselves in the offseason and win the World Series. That never happens. <laughs> so I, I, maybe they're being bet to that number. But the fact that the Braves are in plus 950 and the Padres are plus 850, that's just flat out wrong. The Braves are so damn close to winning the World Series, in my opinion. It's... I'd put my money there a hundred times out of a hundred. And by wait, the way, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. So you're saying that you you think I'm telling you right Bra now the Padres are not winning the World Series. That's that. That's my bold statement. <laughs> okay, but if you if we want to wager on what team is more likely to win the World Series, let's I think do it right now. Let, I, I'm taking the Braves over the Padres all day, all day. Yeah, well, I'll I'll be the uh, the fish and take the the Padres for sure. We'll 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 revisit this on a future podcast and uh, in before but maybe when we do our MLB picks later. You are going to hate we'll, this. We'll finalize that in so. about I, and don't get me wrong. Hours. Like we have taught, I love the Braves. I think the Bra but man. Let me you, tell you what's about you to happen in Atlanta. Let me tell you what's about to happen. I, I've been warning you. I have I have been trolling your inbox with with this warning. They are. They have been so quiet in Atlanta, so damn quiet. I don't think it's going to be Trevor Bauer, but there's a pitcher coming. Maybe it's Odorizzi, you know, one of those second tier guys that are going to be good enough. And I'm telling you, the fact that JT Realmoto has not signed in Philadelphia yet, even though he's been given a hundred and twenty million dollar offer, I, I think he's going to be a Brave. And when he becomes a Brave, you're going to look at that lineup and say, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to make some kind of move that is going to change the entire landscape of the National League and maybe the entire league. They're going to be that good looking in terms of on paper. So I, I know San Diego's done a lot of work. And by the way, they needed to. This is such. This is so exciting to see that team with the, with the young talent now mixed with a great pitching staff. I, you know, it's hilarious to me that they figured this out in 12 minutes, and the Angels have taken a decade and a half to figure this out. Uh, so I'm excited Mike, for San Diego. Mike, I just don't think they're Mike, getting to the finish line. Mike, why do you hate Travis Darnard so much? Travis Darnold, why do you, why do you hate him so much? You mean besides the fact that he was a disaster for the Mets and then went to the Braves and became an MVP candidate? That's fine. Um, that's, that's where this, that's where this real mood of hatred is coming from. That, that stop as long it. as everyone knows that. No, <laughs> tr truly. It's the GM hat and me coming out basically saying that team, look, it, they're so close. They, they are, I mean, they destroyed the NL East a couple of years ago, Dan destroyed it. And they took a little bit of a step back because of pitching issues I just think they're two pieces away from being legit Dodgers contenders. Legit. Seriously. And, and Real Moto's stats then could complement Mookie Betts' stats. You know that. You know the production's there, even though the positions are very different. He, he's that kind of five-tool stat guy. And uh, 
I, I think it's very real. It's very real possibility that he lands there. So just look I, out. I, yeah, I, I'm not saying it's unrealistic. I'm just going to take the Padres side of that uh, more often than not. Well, so the Padres are way come, more fun. More they're they're way more fun to think about, yeah, especially no, that, with that's what a, they've done. That's a bold pick, but that that I mean, <laughs> let me rephrase. It's not necessarily a bold pick. I'm just saying <laughs> to take them over the Padres, who everyone seemingly loves right now. Is uh, by the way, just be is, fully aware that I'm doing this, and I'm I'm purposely avoiding the Mets because when the Mets leapfrog all of these teams, you know, I won't have to think about it too much. I'll just be, be able to enjoy it because we all know that's what I'm really rooting for here. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after they get Bauer. Here we go. Dan, thanks so yeah. much. Last All right, final that- bets. Final bets. You're taking Chiefs and who? You gonna you gonna go chalk? Chiefs Packers? Um oh man. So so people with pitchforks don't show up outside my my house. We should take the bills, right? <laughs> okay. But um let's just bet everybody. Uh, no. I, I let's yeah. take the bills plus three. Let's take let's are we going both underdogs here? Yeah, I'm going both underdogs. In terms of the, the points, I'm taking both underdog points. I'm taking the Bucks plus three. I'm taking the Bills plus three. But I'm going to take Chiefs Bucks as the actual play actual Super Bowl matchup. That's those are my three three bets there for you. What do you got? Um Yeah, I would take the Packers. Minus three. Know, okay. Packers minus three, and I would take Bills plus three, but I do think the Chiefs eke out the win. And um, I think the. I will probably eat my words, but um, I think the Packers can um, All right. beat the Bucks. So. so you're going Chiefs, Chiefs, Packers, kind of chalk. I think there's nothing wrong with that this year. That's probably how it's going to play out here, but good stuff from you, man. Have a good weekend. Enjoy it. All right. Thanks. Thanks.